My name is Ed Briggs. I'm the Minister of Pastoral Care here at Weddington. I'm really excited about being here today to be able to share with you from God's Word. And as we are hearing God's Word, as I preach this Word, let's anticipate God speaking to us. Let us uh, listen to God's Scripture as I read it for you. This comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange things were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Some time ago, I attended the Meet Weddington. Meet Weddington is a time for us to gather together for individuals who want to find out more about the ministries of our church, to learn more about how they can get involved with our congregation, how they can indeed meet our church staff and have a time of fellowship. From that meeting, they then discern if they're interested in joining our congregation. It came to my time to be able to share, and as usual, I tried to do so with maybe some pizzazz, but uh, for, unfortunately it failed. I said, my name is Ed Briggs, I am the Minister of Pastoral Care, and I love hurting people. Well, thankfully, no one batted an eye until after Meet Weddington was over. Some of my fellow staff members, they came up to me, and they said, Ed, do you really love hurting people? And I was so embarrassed. I thought, oh, I didn't mean to come across that way, but I laughed as well. Full knowing the truth is, I do love people who are going through a difficult time. It is my passion and calling to be able to minister to them, to be the hands and feet of Jesus with whatever they're experiencing. Therefore, it is my prayer today that as I share these words with you, that you'll be encouraged with maybe a difficult time that you are experiencing, that I'll be able to plant some seeds in people who may be facing hurtful days ahead. Peter, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, had the same kind of desire for the people he was writing this epistle. In verse 12, he calls the people beloved. That's a very endearing term. Think about how you feel when someone calls you beloved. It makes you feel good and warm and, and absolutely loved on. And that's powerful, is it not? Peter intended for this letter to go to the Jewish Christians of Asia Minor. You see, Emperor Nero of Rome was at the helm. He persecuted Christians living in Jerusalem. And then because of that, they fled to Asia Minor. Nero was a very cruel emperor. He delighted in the torture and death of those who followed Jesus. He used Christians burning at the stake at his palatial palace outdoors to be able to light parties he had for his guest. Peter is trying to warn them, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you. Basically saying trouble is coming. Have no fear, it'll be your way. And from that, you'll experience cruel treatment, which is not out of the ordinary. It's not something strange. The Apostle Paul shares about persecution in 2 Timothy 3.12. He shares it to Christians to help them to know that by being a Christian, that means persecution will come your way. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Jesus is 
referring to the Christian life and the sacrifice that is by, by saying in Matthew 16, 24 to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and be his disciples. What Jesus is saying is being a Christian is not easy. It's difficult. It means taking on the suffering of Jesus likened to the pain the suffering of the cross. This is very applicable to Christian living in other parts of the world. I'll give you an example of this. World Watch List for 2019 gives us some statistics, and they are such. 245 million Christians are persecuted in some way. In the top 50 countries where persecution takes place, 4,136 Christians are killed. On average, that's 11 Christians killed every day for their faith. 1,266 churches or Christian build, buildings were attacked. Do you ever wonder if possibly persecution might be coming our way in our country? Recently heard of how, I think in Florida, some Catholic churches were burned and then some Christian statues were decapitated. Peter, beyond his warning, tells the Jewish Christians what will come forth from their fiery ordeal. Basically saying that this persecution is going to cause them to feel tested. This, that this testing should indeed show how strong their faith was or not. Their trials and tribulations would be of great despair, causing them to not be a faint of heart. The painful circumstances would test their faith. It would cause them to have great heartache and struggling, doubting and believing sometimes maybe just hanging on with their faith by a thread, maybe even questioning God or being angry with God. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like this? The life got so difficult, the pain was so great that you wanted to throw in the towel? I know some of you are being tested right now with what you're going through. The heartache that some of you are facing is crushing. Truly you're experiencing the dark night of the soul. There's those I don't know, but what is keeping you up at night? What is weighing on you? Maybe it's a pandemic. It's the weight of such that it's holding you down. You have loved ones sick with COVID, or, or maybe you have loved ones who have died of COVID. Maybe you've lost your job or business because COVID has taken that away from you. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you or a family member has cancer. Your spouse has left you. You are someone in your family is struggling with addiction. Your heart is hurting due to the death of a loved one, be it a parent, a spouse, a child. The possibilities are so endless of, of what you might be facing. I'm going to share with you a story, a story about a woman who went through a very terrible tragedy. She shared this with me not too long ago. She and her husband were outdoors getting ready to cut down a tree in the yard. And so he takes a ladder and climbs up the tree with the tools. But he comes back down and gives her a kiss. He goes back up the tree. And as he's there, he's cutting. Sadly to say, the tree breaks loose. The, the bough breaks and he falls. And as he falls, the, the tree limb hits her head and she has a terrible gash causing her to bleed badly. When he falls to the ground, he's lifeless. His body is broken. EMS comes to the rescue, they're taken to the hospital, and as they are there, this woman, she has her head sewn up, but she goes to her husband's bedside after she's been cared for, and she's with her family, and they're praying to God that somehow, some way, that God would heal this, her husband and bring to him life again. 
practically every bone in his body was broken. In the midst of their prayers, they're crying out to God, the reading of scripture, sadly to say, her husband died. When she went home, she became angry. Very angry that God disappointed her, that God didn't come through for her. She wanted God to perform a miracle, but God didn't. So what she did, she took her Bible in hand, she took a baseball bat, went out to the tree, and she hit her Bible, beat her Bible up. She was mad with God. She took a baseball bat, hit the tree, splintered the bat. She carried her tattered Bible inside and left it on the table, never to look at it again for quite some time. You see, we too have times like that, don't we? When we're very real with God. Some of us may be real, some may not. I've had those times when I have questioned God and been angry with God. It's okay to do so. Psalm 22, it says here, as David says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? So he questions that with God. You see, it takes faith to question God. To know God's love and condition means that we can indeed question God as where we are. The real question I have for us here today, as we look at suffering, with the midst of our questions and such, we can ask this question of, how do we make sense of the struggling we're facing? Peter points the reader to Jesus in the midst of his pain and torment. Peter gives not a pat answer. It's not like Peter says, well, just think positively. Just think that the glass is half full and it's not empty. By all means, Peter is saying, let's get real here. He reminds them of Jesus and what Jesus has done. You see, Jesus' crucifixion on the cross for their sins is the suffering that came forth. It's something that Peter calls them to, to join in and be a part of. 1 Peter 2, 4, verse 21 reads, For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered to you, leaving you an example for you to follow his steps. We too can follow Jesus in this way. Because sharing the suffering of Jesus means to continue to die to our self-effort, which is our flesh that causes us to run away from our pain. I'm going to read this one more time for you. Please listen closely. Suffering or sharing the suffering of Jesus means we continue to die to our self-effort, which is our flesh that causes us to run away from our pain. We seek to numb our pain by dealing with it in our own way. Ways like denial, stuffing it, avoiding it, depending on whatever that makes us feel better, to have our pain to go away. You may be thinking I'm coming up with ideas of ways to cope with pain through alcohol, drugs, food, sex. It's not just that. Sometimes it's our people-pleasing and our perfectionism that leads us to try to deal with our pain in that manner. The key is, is our pain as we are, we we are, we can embrace that pain with the one who embraces us, and that's Jesus. We share in Christ's suffering as he suffers with us. He is with us as we experience our pain. He knows our pain. Therefore, he embraces us in our dark valleys, the valley of the shadow of death, and he brings forth his goodness and mercy. It is identifying with his pain that moves us to open us to him. We can willingly allow ourselves to share the suffering by having a trusting heart, knowing that he suffers with us. Something powerful happens in that time frame, in that transition, in that time of union with him. We become more like Christ. 
You see, walking more so in the Spirit, depending on Him to be the one who takes our pain and walks through it with us and leading us to, to Him being our total security and dependence. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18 reads, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. You see, this change will take place when we're willing to share in Christ's suffering. God reveals himself during our suffering to bring to us, as we mature in Christ, a revelation of his glory. Peter speaks of this glory as being from the Holy Spirit in verse 14 of our text for today. You see, it is God's glory that Stephen experienced in Acts 7. He was accused by the high priest and the high priest council of blasphemy. And imagine this crowd around him. And they had heard what he was saying, and they were so incensed and enraged with what he had to say. In fact, they were cut to the quick and began gnashing their teeth. Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He gazed to heaven. And when he gazes to heaven, he sees the glory of God in Jesus, standing at the right hand of God. Afterwards, he was dragged away out of the city and stoned. You see, Stephen, in his suffering, he saw the glory of God. He experienced the presence of God right there to bring to him what he needed in the moment of his great pain to come. You see, we too are just like that. In our time of desperation, our time of suffering with Christ, as we mature in our faith, we experience the presence of God in some way that's so real, that reassures us that God is present, that God is going to continue to be God and give us what we need to face the days ahead. You see, these moments of experiencing God's presence, my goodness, they lift us up and they truly remind us the power of God and God at work. What a gift it is for us to be able to have this in some of the painful times that we experience. Maybe you've witnessed this glory. Maybe you're waiting for this glory to happen. I encourage you to hang in there, dear friends. You see, God in his way will offer a powerful presence to make yourself, make himself known to you. You see, there's more of the story about the woman I told you about who used her baseball bat to hit her Bible in the tree. A friend of hers came to her house and saw the Bible on the table and, and uh, the woman said, uh, what do you want to do with your Bible? She said, oh, I want to throw it away. And then a short time after that, this woman, she goes to her husband's shed, gets some duct tape out, and she brings the Bible in, and she tapes the Bible up. And then she looks at her Bible, and she truly experiences the power of God. She has a glory of God moment, where she senses that God was there with her, that God was going to walk her through her grief and bring healing to her heart. Her faith was restored. Yes, she still struggles. But she had that moment, that reminded from God that God does care, that God is powerful, and God is up to something big. You see, I do believe that, my friends. Hold that fast. This is such truth. And as we do so, we will indeed see the glory of God and we can rejoice. We can rejoice in the glory of what God has done and is doing. You see, God is at work in you, in me, through our sufferings. Praise be to God for the great things that God has done and will continue to do. Join me as we go to God in prayer. God, thank you so much for this good news about your son Jesus, that he suffers with us and we suffer with him. And as we do so, 
indeed we're changed and experiencing more of Christ's life in us and we can let go of our pain and healing takes place. And from the healing, we experience the glory of God at times and that is such a gift. We thank you for that gift of God. We pray for those who are suffering, God, that you will work in their lives a mighty working. God, we commend them into your care. Pray that God, God as we are where we are today, we'll trust you and indeed be your people that give you glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.